You are now listening to the 100% Elite Podcast with your host, Jeff Engler. Alright, what is up guys? It is your captain back at it again with another episode of the 100% Elite Podcast. This is conveniently episode 69. Uh, Today is a bonus episode where I have two friends, fans, lovers of professional wrestling that come each and every week with a great podcast every single Friday morning, uh, bringing the heat, the guys from Seeing the Elite in AEW podcast. What is up guys? Uh, first off, uh, nice because, you know, uh, not too much, man. How are you doing? Pretty good, man. It's, uh, it can't be any better. You guys, the ones who are listening have, if you haven't listened to their show, you guys can find them facebook.com slash seeing the elite Twitter at seeing the elite. But if you really want to be part of their tight circle, you can find them or you can get an invite to their discord server at tinyurl.com slash seeing the elite. But if you want to be one of their best friends, part of their inner circle, find them at patreon.com slash seeing the elite. They have great content there. Uh, I know they're doing a revised of their uh, podcast underground, uh, which is great. All their YouTube content, some behind the scenes stuff, the the raw seeing the elite raw is great. Um, So I tried to cover it all there. Uh, How did I do on that one? People are going to think that we paid you because it's uh, it's all this stuff. Uh, we've actually consolidated that link tree this week. Seeingtheelite.com is the place to go. It's got the links to all the stuff, to Patreon, to Discord, to uh, all of our social media, and to the episodes of the show. Sweet, man. Yeah, I, I, I've been practicing that all week, so <laughs> I was hoping I got most of it down. Um, but again... Uh, it's all consolidated now. Seeingtheelite.com is the place to go if you want to uh, tune in to any of that stuff. Cool beans. Well, let's start this off the very... Uh, t- let's go back to the beginning. So you guys are compl- from completely different places. I want to know how you guys uh, met, how you guys started podcasting. One of you guys can take it away. Um, but yeah, that's my question. I feel like we've told this story a lot but it's always hard to tell. We uh, have created so much content at this point. <laughs> like It's like, oh, what, did this person hear this story from here or wherever, right? Uh, uh, first of all, thank you for having us on the show. I don't know if I got to say that personally on the show, but uh, it's uh, strange and bizarre uh, to me. I, I want to uh, say to anybody who's listening to the show, I don't expect... Uh, that any of you should find anything that we discuss about ourselves in this podcast interesting uh we are two uh dudes what the hell man (laughs) but the the point being like uh you know i'm not a person who is used to being interviewed for the podcast that i make in my home office uh every week or whatever right so i don't know yeah fair enough when people People talk to me at work and they like say, so, like, you know, do you do a Zoom call and somebody else do your microphone? He's like, oh, you must be like a Twitch streamer, right? And like sometimes, but mostly podcasts. I'm like, you have a podcast? That's awesome. What's it on? Wrestling. Oh. And then the <laughs> conversation just ends. <laughs> 
and and it's uh you know it's something the the nature of our numbers uh being pretty good and people knowing about the show it's like that's that's all cool and all but like jd and i are the same fucking two guys who are making podcasts for like nobody and 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 enjoy the 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 art of making podcasts and the workflow of making podcasts and that's why we do it and so when you asked us to do an interview i was a little res uh, uh reticent to uh be involved only because it felt a little self-aggrandizing um but you seem genuinely interested in it and i know you jeff we're friends and so i i thought it would be cool uh to to do it and and tell some of these stories um jd and i met because i uh, i'll start it from my perspective if that helps i grew up in uh uh, Maine. I'm from the state of Maine, which uh, most people you tell them, oh, I'm from Maine. And they're like, uh, where's that? Um, it's the, the north. That's when you say Canada. The northeasternmost state of the Union. Uh, the first to see the sunrise, as they say. Uh, and uh, I uh, was a big fan growing up of uh, ska music, ska punk music, uh, hardcore punk music. Uh, and one of the big gods of that type of music from around that area is the Mighty Mighty Boston's from Boston, Massachusetts. Um, and they were a band that I was fanatical about uh, when I was younger and still love that band. Uh, and, uh, uh, you know, when I started my band, when I started doing stuff in music, it was all just like, the, you know, in the same way that like, the members of Queen talk about like, oh, the Beatles were our Bible. For us, like the Boston's were our Bible. Like anything that they did, we were like, yes, that, it's so awesome. And so I would go down every year. They do a series of shows in Boston called the Hometown Throwdown, where they go and they play consecutive shows in their hometown and they change up the set lists every night and play rare songs and old songs and stuff like that and uh, make it this big sort of like holiday party. It usually happens between Christmas and New Year's. And I would, and when I became old enough to go, I would go every year. And uh, it was the most like wildest culture shock I've ever met. Cause all of the, the big fans from all over the world that come to see these shows, they all make an effort cause we're all connected online to stay in the same hotels and uh and meet each other and hang out and it's like a weird family reunion uh around just people who love the band that you love uh which is one of the most magical social experiences i've ever had under any circumstances um i went the first year i went i went with my friend greg um who we were kind of friends in high school but like kind of like we knew each other um, but weren't necessarily close. Uh, and then it turned out we both wanted to go to this thing. So we went and uh, we end up walking into one of the hotel rooms after the show because somebody had texted me and was like, this is where everybody's hanging out. So we go up to this giant hotel room in this honestly busted ass hotel. But uh, still well, Rip, it's not there anymore. Right, right. Uh, this uh, hotel suite where everybody's hanging out. Big room, but busted ass hotel. And uh, and we walk in the door, and after me comes a guy holding 12 pizzas and two cases of beer is being held by the guy behind him. And they bring him in, and they set it down. Two big 24-packs of 
fucking natty lights or some shit. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> he goes, yeah, that's pro- it's probably was like natty light knowing our friends. Yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever it would have been at that, whatever would have been trendy at the time. Maybe PBRs because it was that era. Oh yeah, uh, probably PBRs just because it was cheap. Uh, and uh, he goes, he they go, he goes, hey everybody, have whatever you want from here. Have any of the beers that you want. It's all paid for by the band uh, for us uh, being here. And uh, I immediately turned to my friend and was like, so we gotta like we gotta come here every year, right? Because <laughs> uh, it was just, it was uh, I've never experienced such a such a wonderful just like family relationship and atmosphere with people who uh the only thing we had in common was a similar taste in music and jd was a person that i met through there through some conversation there we found out i maybe jd could shine a little more light on this than i can uh that we both had a similar taste in in wrestling at the show i was doing at the time i was doing a podcast with my brother about wwe uh, because we had both wanted to get into podcasting and uh, I uh, had turned, I, I was becoming incredibly jaded with having to watch WWE in order to do a show about it. Uh, and Lucha Underground was coming up. And so I was like, well, I'll do a Lucha Underground show. But Anthony wasn't really interested. He, of course, does his own podcast called Adventure Incorporated, which is a D&D podcast. That was much more his thing. I got it. I was like, cool, I'll find somebody else. JD was somebody that I knew from uh, that uh, Boston's experience every year and uh, was somebody I knew was into wrestling and somebody I thought might be interested and was so. Yeah. Uh, so I, I started going to the, the hometown throwdown like a couple of years after Bryce and it was always something like I say, I remember, so I'm, I'm a little bit older. I remember when the reunion happened and being old enough to go, but not, having the money to go and it all just became on my bucket list of at some point before they stop doing this i'm gonna go once because this is my favorite band and i just did it one year like i knew no one absolutely no one uh but i knew where to stay and i had you know i was in the facebook group so that everybody told me where to how to get the tickets and where to stay and other things like that and you know had a little bit of guidance there but yeah, I, I just flew up to Boston on my own for four days to go to this concert and then made literally a family because like some of my closest friends in the whole world that I, I talk to every day about dumb shit like wrestling or comic books or just tech stuff because, you know, these are like my closest friends in the world. Um, but yeah, it was just one of those nights like uh, I think it was the first night I was there. I think you were working at the gelato place at the time probably was yeah yeah and you'd had the big tubs of gelato and i was wandering around people were bringing me from room to room to introduce me to everybody and i was like i don't know who all you are and i'm not going to remember all these names because it's like a culture shock and i'm this quiet introverted you know kid from georgia who knows no one um now though even now i go to that thing and people are like bryce and i'm like who the fuck are you man <laughs> hey it's you yeah uh, yeah, for definitely, and and uh, for for the sake of saying it, JD is from Atlanta. So for me, going from Maine to to Boston is a train ride uh, for like thirty bucks. Uh, for JD, it's a significantly more expensive venture. <laughs> I was about yeah. To- so, 
Yeah, I was about to say, man, that must have been a pretty far trip to go to a concert by yourself. Uh, I would have uh, been crapping myself. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was wild, but it was I was at that like point in college where it was like I want to go do something just by myself, um, and like I knew I was safe because like I'm not. We weren't like in a sketchy part of Boston. It's a very well-to-do part of Boston, so I was like, I know I'm going to be safe, other than the you know coming to know the degenerates that we hang out with. Um, but yeah, it's like, a, it's a, a, just a, a family now we do a whole bunch of crazy stuff. It's going to be really weird when we get to go back and do it again, because we got to find a whole new hotel to stay in. That's yeah. going to let us put a bar in a, in a hotel room that we build ourselves. So that's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. The, the place they were doing the shows at the time was this place called the house of blues in Boston. I know mm-hmm. I'm saying that like, it's something you shouldn't have heard of before, but, uh, <laughs> It's right across the street from the ballpark. Like it's literally on the same street as the ballpark. So it's not necessary. Like it's a place that if you're a tourist, you would be anyway. And you're surrounded by tourists. The only reason you wouldn't be is because it's December 27th or whatever. And it's cold as fuck. Uh, other than that, there's you would have every reason to be in that part of the city. If you're a tourist, it's not really, it's not like you're up deep in some rat hole in the north end or something like that or or selfie (laughs) so with so with you guys meeting in this uh which which is really cool i I, and and before i even get into the next question you guys aren't just some guys you guys have a very well-established podcast and we kind of talked about it before um we started recording uh happenstance because you guys were pretty much the first ones in there but a, a lot of people like me and, and guys that I talk to, we listen to seeing the elite first before we listen to like bust it open to see their opinions on things. Like, so it, it it's it's more of my honor anything than anything to get to interview you guys at all. I think, uh, and a lot of the fans uh, that I have talked to about you guys. Um, most of the questions, especially towards the end, after I get to this next one, is going to be just simple stuff that it's like, oh, I just want to know this easy going thing. But so with with meeting and with that kind of stuff, did you guys just happen to talk about pro wrestling or did it like it just come naturally? And then you guys were like, let's just do a podcast and and devote this certain time to meeting up every single week, no matter what. Um because I know that can be really hard uh, sometimes with different schedules and work and all that stuff. So, sure, uh, it kind of was just somebody started talking about pro wrestling because, like, all of our friends are very opinionated. So somebody probably said something about like the Undertaker, and another friend says, "You're a fucking moron, dude. The Undertaker sucks a dick, and here's why." And I, it just kind of progressed from there. I would say is I believe it would have been something that would have been talked about because uh, (laughs) I'll put it, let's put it this way. It's uh, it was a a group of people all meeting up to celebrate the glory of uh, a a fucking alternative band from the nineties. So uh, like pro wrestling is not something that's so far outside of, but there are a lot of wrestling fans within that community um and even a couple of people within that community who are trained and have wrestled before and and whatnot so it was something that probably came up but at the time i wasn't exactly quiet about the show i was hosting with my brother either and was probably something that jd would have seen on on my facebook or whatever so um 
no you we, we were friends and, and talking about wrestling before you guys had ever started the show because like you, we, you guys were doing the game and you like you'd messaged me like because it was right after a throwdown when you guys were thinking about doing the game and it was like would you be interested in playing and i was like yeah this seems fun let's do it yeah well we were working th when we were working through like a free pro wrestling scorecards version of that uh game now pro wrestling scorecards does it for everybody and people just use their stuff because it's great uh, but we were doing like a like a, a bracket challenge type thing for WWE, I think. Okay. Um, so, um, next question I have uh, is a pretty basic one. What? Uh, so, what got you guys into pro wrestling? I know I kind of talked about it when when we conversed uh, of the All Out pay per view and talked about that. What got me into wrestling? But what did uh, like? What were your guys' first experiences with wrestling? And was it uh, like a big deal in your house or was it just you? Because in my house, it was literally, I was like an outcast on Thursday night sitting there watching wrestling. JD? Uh, yeah, so, you know, growing up in, in Georgia in the South, like I, I've had wrestling in my, in my blood my entire life um the night i was born my dad actually left my mom in at the hospital afterwards to go to a wrestling show because my uncle had bought him tickets for his birthday and it was um i think rick flair and ricky steamboat at, at the omni arena in atlanta um so it's just always been a part of my life i grew up watching um you know old jim crockett promotions wcw the whole thing like i watched it until about 2000 and that's kind of when I started falling out when, it, uh, you know, when the Monday night wars were waning down and then I, I would bounce back in, in, back in and out of WWE, just keeping up with it, but not really paying attention to it until, um, I met my girlfriend at the time and her little brother, he's, um, autistic, but wrestling was something that he really, really connected with because, you know, just over the top personalities, it's a comic book on the screen kind of thing. He really connected with it. And I was as like I know I know about wrestling I can talk to you about wrestling so that helped me like connect with him and made his uh his mom very happy that someone was making a connection with uh with with him that wasn't oh you're autistic I have to be you know you know kid gloves with him and it's like no he's a person and I can talk to him about wrestling all day long and teach him about wrestling so and that brought me back into it where I kept like a more of a, a casual glance on it and then you know talking to bryce at, at, at a throwdown and some of our other friends um it was just like yeah maybe i should start watching again and then it was really lucha underground is what really brought me back into it full scale um because i really took uh took hold with those characters um specifically pentagon and phoenix but also others and that really brought my love of wrestling back. And then when AEW started, it was just kind of the perfect storm. Uh, for me, and that's lovely because JD highlights uh, the same sort of beats that uh, are present in my story. Um, my, uh, I was not exposed to wrestling until uh, I was uh, in my sort of early teens at all. My father not a wrestling person, my mother, not a wrestling person. Um, my parents went through a fairly long and uh, protracted, protracted and uh, painful divorce proceeding. Um, uh, at which point uh, I we were kind of uh, nomads uh, and lived in a bunch of different houses. 
And in one of those different houses that we lived in, somebody had left behind, by happenstance, a copy of WCW NWL Revenge. Um, and that, and I had an N64 that was given to me for my birthday at some point, uh, probably at a point where I would have been young enough at the time that I would have been like, hooray. And it would have really more have been a gift for my older brother at that point. Uh, but, uh, but I enjoyed, uh, having it, uh, and, uh, eventually would end up somebody had just left in it, you know, and 64 games were something that you rented. Uh, in my family, there wasn't something that you bought all that much because they were expensive, you know. Uh, and so I uh, ended up playing that at some point, and uh, and that was my first interaction with pro wrestling that I was fond of, and and mostly because it was like, um, you know, like Rey Mysterio's in that game, and uh, Ultima Dragons in that game, and AKI Man is in that game, and you're like, these guys are like fucking, it's like a superhero game, and they fight each other and stuff. And never mind the fact that you go back and play that game now, and that game's still fun. I played that game with my little brother three months ago, and he was like, this is awesome. <laughs> and it looks terrible, but it's awesome. Uh, and so that was uh, the setup for me, and pulling me, uh, uh, and so I, the, the big thing that really made a difference for me is that when I got older, uh, my older brother, who was for a period of my life, like, my second dad you know while things uh sort of evened out um he's super into comic books i'm not that into comic books he's super into dnd i'm not that into dnd i love punk rock music and ska music and things like that he's not really into music much at all uh but wrestling was one place where both wrestling and and, and theater were places where we both had a common interest and could connect. And so it was something I focused in on because it was something I could share with somebody um, that meant a lot to me. And uh, it was only in the transition to doing Lucha Underground shows when we, when JD and I eventually did Lucha Underground shows that I was like, this, it, it's like so much more than just this one thing. It can be all these other things, you know, and gives us kind of a, uh, a kind of an interesting perspective. I think, I think that show is as much the secret sauce as any of our sort of interest in pro wrestling. Yeah. See, I didn't even know uh, what Lucha Underground really was. Like I've seen clips until I started listening to you guys. And now I've dived so deep into watching all that stuff. And, and, it's been fantastic. But so I have a similar, like, I think I talked about it before, but yeah, video games. I started off with WCW, I think World Tour, or maybe that was a second. Revenge was the one that me and my little brother played. I'd never even seen wrestling before. And SmackDown Episode 1 was the first time I've ever even seen wrestling live. And so The Rock hooked me in, and then I was a fan up until The Rock and Hogan was the last feud I had ever watched. Uh, and it took my buddy. Uh, so, uh, and it, it leads into my next question. So my favorite guy was Jeff Hardy growing up in the, the attitude era. So um, once I fell out of wrestling, the thing that kind of piqued my interest back into it was when the Hardy boys came back at WrestleMania 
and had that huge pop. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I'll check up on Snapchat or something like weird where you just see highlights of what they were doing. And uh, my buddy's like, why are you watching any of this stuff? Check out this guy. Kenny Omega versus Okada, you know, uh, you see Cody Rhodes. Yeah, he's not good what you're watching on the network. Here is Cody Rhodes heel stuff in New Japan ROH. And so I got hooked extremely uh, on all that stuff. And it was all in and then double or nothing to the point where I was like, I love pro wrestling again. So what were you guys? So with podcast uh, or not podcast uh, with Lucha Underground, I almost said podcast underground with Lucha Underground. So that kind of kept you guys in the curve. Did you guys fall out of the WWE product altogether and went straight Lucha Underground into the AEW stuff, or was it all of the above? I don't know if you. I don't know if you can ever fall all the way out of wwe product because of how like ubiquitous it is like i don't i haven't watched one of their shows since maybe wrestlemania last year um that i watched only because i was a big edge guy forever and i wanted to see this match that uh supremely disappointed me in a, in a horrible and way that i'll never forget um <laughs> and so so uh, I don't know if you could ever fall all the way out, but yeah, I mean, when I was, uh, we, I remember having a guest on on Lucha Underground uh, when we when we were doing um, Lucha. It was our friend uh, Crystal Fisher. He was like, "What other stuff are you guys watching right now?" And I was like, "Honestly, I'm watching Lucha Underground and doing the show about Lucha Underground, and like that's enough wrestling for me for a week." Like people, I uh, one of the people reach out to us and talk about how much we talk about Dark being overwhelmingly long at mm -hmm. this point especially now that there's two of them for god knows what reason um but i i you know we, we come from a place where an hour of content like if an hour of content is amazing that's enough i don't need more than that mm -hmm. and so uh for me um it was we ran right into lucha underground and it's actually kind of um you know any success that we've attributed uh, as a podcast, I think comes from luck uh, and being in the right place at the right time. I think that JD and I put a lot of work into the show. I, it's not uh, easy to create what we create, but uh, there's absolutely something to the fact that we were producing a show about Lucha Underground that nobody was listening to for five years. Uh, well, it was five years of time. Right. It was really only three seasons because they took massive breaks. Right, right. Uh, but so for five years, JD and I were working on this show that was heavily formatted and uh, constantly working and improving this show behind the curtain where nobody was going to find it. First of all, because it had a, a, a fucking too cute for school name on my that was my fault. Um, and second of all, because it was about a show nobody was watching. I mean, we're talking about a show on El Rey Network that was, you know, like a good week for them was like 100,000 viewers. Um, and so nobody was like watching the show and we were talking about it. And it was fine because we were getting what we were getting out of podcasting anyway without ever expecting that we were going to do a bunch of fans. And all my friends who had podcasts like we were doing about what they were doing um there's as you and anybody who makes podcasts know like there's a big 
bottom end where most of the podcasts live and then there's like a hundred that do huge numbers um and so it didn't it didn't bother us uh that that you know like 63 people listening to the show would be like hey that's a great week you know because all we'd ever had was nothing uh and so we'd been working on this show forever and we got to the point where lucha underground died like it was pretty clear going out of the fourth season that it wasn't going to come back um and so we were i was like i don't really want to stop talking to my friend every week about wrestling and doing this thing that i'm doing that i really enjoy uh but we can't do lucha underground anymore because it's not gonna be anything to talk about like that's podcasting you need stuff to talk about otherwise you don't have a show uh and so i said hey we have this sort of perspective from covering lucha underground specifically and so we have perspective on certain guys that other people might not have as much perspective on having not seen that show uh and helico and ivalice and jack evans and and pentagon and phoenix and uh, whoever else they eventually bring in from that show. Um, this AEW thing is happening. I think maybe like the first press conference had just happened or like the reveal had just happened or something like that. I was like, JD, we could we could probably transition to this and be fine. And so we come out of the womb, not only like one of the only podcasts that was covering AEW at the time, uh, but also uh, we had a show that was like pretty much finished as far as like we didn't need to figure much out jd and i knew how to have a conversation with each other that was going to format to the show if you listened to late episodes of podcast underground and early episodes of seeing the elite and aew podcast the format is like it's like i reskinned the show the format is the same uh, <laughs> almost exactly it's just different words so all of the things that you kind of like the growing pains that you go through when you're making a new show we didn't have to go through because we already kind of had that figured out and what helped us i think beyond that was just that we were in the position to hey here's here's a show that has the audio stuff mostly figured out has the format stuff mostly figured out but isn't like i don't know i think the wrestling podcasts that are hard for me to get into are, is when it's like bully ray or somebody like talking about pro wrestling not to throw stones at his show but it's like yeah but you're you're involved like you're involved with this thing to some degree even if you don't work there you are in this business and so you can get some uh sort of uh, uh insight from that and that's where that show is really valuable but it's like listening to a playstation podcast that's owned by playstation you're mm -hmm. kind of like well okay if that's what you're saying about it but it's kind of nice to have shows not to tune our own horn like ours where like we're fully detached from the from the product and we watch the show and then say how we feel about it i mean if AEW wants to pay us we're, we're good with that <laughs> um so i other than lucha underground at the time i was watching like a little bit of new japan like i was watching wrestle, wrestle kingdom and the big shows like things like that i i watched wrestlemania every year and like the the big four wwe pay-per-views those are the ones i would watch and occasionally like nxt because it was good um but other than that it was i was just really watching lucha underground because like i didn't i didn't really have a lot of free time to watch wrestling it was just you know a couple hours after work every night so i was like lucha underground that's an hour i can handle this 
Um, and then occasionally, like with the big like Wrestle Kingdom shows, I could put those on on a weekend and just listen to them while I'm doing other stuff. Or that was like really at the time when I was first able to start working from home with my first job. So it was like, I need background noise while I'm at, at home. So I would turn that on. Um, but yeah, like, like Bryce said, we had really had everything dialed in. I think the only growing pain we really had when we started seeing the elite was, um, double or nothing that first year when we realized we can't cover a pay-per-view how we used to cover shows because that show was like four hours and we were both dead. Um, and what's funny though, is like the year all in happened. So Bryce went to uh, Expo Lucha that year because it was the same weekend after he tried forever to convince me to go. And I was like, I, I just can't do it. But afterwards, when after, you know, all in happened and everything, I had to convince Bryce to watch all in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I was so in it. I, I, you know, I didn't, I thought the Lucha Libre thing was still gonna, gonna continue to happen and lucha underground was in a good place and then season four happened and it was like oh we're absolutely not in a good place uh, we're in a bad place right now so. <laughs> we're in a tanked place right now where everybody just kind of has to go their separate ways it's going on and uh it's not good man so that's that's pretty crazy yeah because i remember that episode you guys did that one in the hotel room uh after double or nothing right or was that um fight for the, that was all, that out. Was all out okay um no, we did we did fight for the fallen in, in in our airbnb yeah. um double or nothing we weren't actually able to make it out the first year because it sold out in 10 minutes and neither of us really had money at the time to go to vegas we had plans to go to vegas last year and then the world went to hell it would have been so good it would i if there's anything i miss on this show it's the road shows uh that we like had done a couple of and we're like these are the best parts dude because we would like <laughs> we're like ball out on the road shows and go for a few days but the the all out one people can listen back to that i don't know what what chapter it is but uh it, like we went to like the the world's biggest arcade which is outside of chicago and stuff and talked about that like we <laughs> have a great time on these road shows uh, and they were so much fun and such a cool atmosphere to just be doing it like after seeing the show live in the hotel rooms and stuff like that. And like the stuff that we do now remote over the internet, that's fine, but that's what we were doing before. But if there's anything I miss in the pandemic, it's like, oh man, because the Vegas one would have been cool. <laughs> we had such plans. Oh yeah. I, see, I think I was mixing up. So fight for the fallen is the one I was thinking of. Cause you had like a pole or something in your way at some, like if you like look over or, or something, it was completely blocking your view. Uh, I remember that. Uh, but yeah. Um, so my next couple questions I have are, uh, more since we're up to date, we're on, we're in AEW now. Um, I want to know, so who you guys are rocking with, uh, we'll, we'll put it, we'll break it up into three different categories. So we'll go, uh, women's wrestler we'll do a tag team and then we'll do uh singles wrestlers who you guys are your favorites and if you have a 1a 1b like i do because like i can't decide between cody and pentagon uh so you guys can throw that in too but yeah you guys can dive in and go at it what are the categories the main ones uh women's wrestler uh tag team and singles uh division uh okay um uh, singles male wrestler. I like a lot of the people who work here. 
I like a lot of the people who work here. Um, but I've been a Pentagon guy since since uh, he started breaking out in America through Lucha Underground, and and he's, I mean, uh, the, he's the only guy I got masks hanging on my wall about. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. like, uh, to, for me to ha- put anybody else in that spot, and I think people who listen to that to the show that I make. Uh, seeing the elite and AEW podcast, I don't think I've made any effort to hide that. I uh, think he's the fucking greatest. Um, You used to have a Mil Muertes mask on your wall, but you made a very poor bet. I got that back because I did beat him this time. Uh, Okay. (laughs) So I guess that's wrong. Uh, The only one in AEW though, that I have a mask of. And, uh, but I, I, there, most of the, of uh the men's roster uh that are doing even uh people some that people don't really connect with Co- i guess cody now is like a popular one that people don't like or whatever because of his uh weird uh kind of uh vaguely heelish uh uh incredibly uh over the top hubris character that he's playing right now uh people uh, don't enjoy him but i like cody a lot and uh, i like uh, most of the people who work there a lot but Pe- but pentagon's the number one as for women's wrestlers uh i think thunder rose's uh the secret and uh if uh <laughs> if tony khan isn't just like backing up the money truck to her house i don't know what the fuck is going on i think it has to do with her nwa contract that they have to let expire because uh for whatever reason corgan is not letting her out of it maybe i don't i wouldn't i don't know the details is what i'm trying to say i don't know what the deal is but whatever the deal is he's got to figure it out because she's incredible she's she's literally incredible and and shout out uh to her match with Britt baker this week i thought was incredible and uh, from both her end and uh, from Britt Baker, who really uh, changed a lot of minds, I think, this week. Um, and uh, tag team, I, I don't think Santana and Ortiz uh, are are punching their weight right now. I think they could be doing a lot more. Uh, I know they could be doing a lot more. Um, but I uh, tag teams are another one where, like, I don't know. I like the Bucks. I like I like pretty much everybody. You know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of the same way for male singles like Pentagon. Um, Darby Allen's very much impressed me quite a bit with what he's done. Um, I I really like Orange Cassidy, but he's better as a character, not as a wrestler. And they really overexposed him towards the end of last year, which kind of it, it happened. But it is what it is. Um, like there, there's not very many guys on the roster that I really don't like. I mean. There's some that I've soured on in the past, like six, eight months, like Chris Jericho. Um, other than that, yeah, but yeah, like really, I would say like Pentagon and Darby Allen are like my two like favorite guys, and and obviously Cody because he is the hometown boy. So, and I I don't know the the deal with people not liking him. I don't get that. That's weird. Whatever. <laughs> um, for tag teams, I, I really gonna I'm gonna go with the Dark Order. You know um uno and grayson and the the beaver boys those guys are really just punching above their weight class and just killing it right now um like bryce said santana and ortiz really need to they need to figure out something for those guys because i I don't see them just sitting around forever and they are in my opinion being squandered because 
they had so many good feuds at the beginning of AEW and Dynamite, and then they've just been doing nothing, which is a disservice to everyone. Um, it, it is what it is. Women's wrestlers, I I really like Hikaru Shida. Um, I I there. I'm the only real woman who I'm really not a fan of is has been Britt Baker, but she did turn me around quite a bit this with this past week. But other than that, like I, I'm more open to the women's wrestling. Like I, I get it; they have less of a pedigree, and they're always trying to improve. Um, uh, I, I take that back. I, I don't. I can't stand Riho. I think her character is just asinine and dumb <laughs> because she weighs ninety five pounds. Um, but you know, I, I get it. I understand why people like the Joshi wrestling, but I think if they really want to push like Riho and Maki Ito and um, Yuka Sakazaki as like really headline performers, then they need to bring them over and train for like two months and then put them back in front of people. Um, Because with the ring sizes being so different and the work rates being so different between Joshi wrestling and Western wrestling, like it's, it's never going to look good unless they like just get to it. And like my biggest criticism of Riho has always been, her moves look like a, a feather duster hitting you. And when you're trying to do a 619, which is a move that is built on dynamic force, and then you literally stop and then do it, it looks horrible. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I, I was, uh, I, I thought you were going to say Penelope Ford, uh, for sure. <laughs> I, I like Penelope. I mean, I, I feel like I, she needs to show emotion more and have like, some character but other than the wedding thing that happened that was so bizarre and weird but before that she was great in my mind yeah i i was uh uh not even not even as a wrestler just that <laughs> just in in the women's division penelope ford is just the greatest because she's she doesn't even have to wrestle and she's the, <laughs> she's the best um but yeah so there's, that was one of my main questions. So I figured it was uh, more Penta because you guys put him over to the moon. And it's one of the reasons why I've dove deep into his category of matches. And, uh, you know, some of his stuff with uh, Vampiro was cool on Lucha Underground. Like his breaking arms, the dark Pentagon uh, saga that he had for a little bit. Um, and, and it's also the reason why I give some of those guys like Jack Evans and Angelico a little bit of a break. Because you guys can, uh, on your show, you guys know a lot more about them than anybody who just is a casual fan. Like, I'm a lapsed fan, so I don't know half of these people. I'm just learning about them from the start, which some of the lower tier guys, they haven't really done a great job of telling their story. You know what I mean? From where they come and stuff like that. So uh, I get a, a great perspective from you guys uh, especially on somebody like uh, Jack Evans, who, uh, you know, you think, why is this guy fucking up constantly? And you don't know anything that's going on or what he used to do or be like or, uh, you know, dives into certain things. So it, it, it's great that you guys have knowledge from a, a vast uh, span of different styles uh, of wrestling. That way, you know, I can get your your NWA take on, uh, you know, certain matches with FTR and you get that certain style with, uh, with Bryce on the, on the Lucha stuff, you get a little bit more enthusiasm on, on different ends. And it's really cool. And I think you guys have to give you guys 
so much more credit than you 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 have done in this podcast because you guys have a very I know it was like a reskin or whatever you put out. It's very polished. It's great to listen to. It's really good on on the ear holes when I'm throwing garbage all day. Um, but yeah, so uh, I don't have more questions on this kind of stuff. It's more about you guys. So your band, uh, Sonic Libido, uh, it reminds me of a lot of a bands that I listened to uh, growing up. I was in kind of the same scene. It reminds me of like Armor for Sleep and, uh, you know, uh, bands like that. So do you guys, uh, since the pandemic hit, um, are you guys just kind of on a pause? Are you guys going to play more soon? Hoping? So uh, the the fact of the situation is I live in a house with a bunch of people. And so when the pandemic hit, it wasn't really reasonable for me to be out and about at the job. I was, I, worked, I do all the work that I do is done from home now. Uh, and, uh, and when I used to cook, I used to be a cook as well. Uh, in addition to podcasting and being in the band, I had three things that I did. Um, the band stuff, is on hold uh and it's on it's on hold uh basically until everybody's poked um there was a time during the summer where we tried to make things uh happen and get together and stuff like that but it's just there were a couple of factors to it first we write everything collaboratively um everything in the room just writing together uh and so we needed to be together to do that but then on top of that it was like well uh uh, to to put it like there's no fucking work there's no work to do so it's uh getting together and practicing is fun for the sake of it mm-hmm. but it like a lot of risk to be taking when we knew we weren't gonna work together again for a long time and i remember we played a show right before the pandemic yet like uh like late two or three days late february maybe yeah and it was like kind of people maybe don't remember, but it was kind of looming. Like we, everyone had kind of heard about it. Um, and it, it seemed like it was getting more serious. And I remember getting off the stage and we were kind of packing up and I was like, hey, I don't want to like scare anybody. But I think we've probably already played our last show of 2020. Um and unfortunately, I was right. We may have played our last show of 2021 at this point. Because <laughs> coming together uh, because of uh, situations that this that are like birthmarks on this country, basically. Like, where the fuck you dad guys, right? Like, our whole country exists because we didn't want to be told what to do. And so now our culture is just like that. And it leads to a lot of problems. Uh, <laughs> you know? Uh, and so... Uh, yeah it's on hold uh what saved me at that time when all of a sudden i didn't have a restaurant job anymore and all of a sudden i couldn't work anymore uh in music uh was podcasting because my podcast with jd was already covid safe like everyone was like working on zoom it's so novel right and i was like oh we've been doing it forever right Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) and so uh what attracted me to being there and doing that was uh, I started listening to podcasts uh, years and years ago. And I really enjoyed that if you uh, are 
a podcast, you're like friends for who want to talk about a specific subject with somebody who may not have friends that are interested in that subject, whether they drive a truck or they, you know, work a job or they just by happenstance, their friends don't like wrestling. You can be, you know, and I know because I have podcasts that I listen to that are like this, you know, I have friends that aren't interested in old movies and shit like that. And I'll listen to a podcast. It'll be like, I get to have a talk with my friends about old movies that they watched this week and i think that's what's really magical about it but beyond that in regards to the band and why i'm tying this in is what was really nice about podcasting uh was that it you you have to finish it um with music and i don't know how involved with music you are by the time you put a music out on a record it can be years old by the time a song makes it to a record or uh, by the time you get prepped for a show or something gets written or whatever, it, it takes a lot of time to make that thing. What attracted me about podcasting is that you work, you work, you work, you work, you record the show, you edit the show, you put out the show, and then it's done. And you never think about it again and until you have to make the next one. Uh, and I liked as a creative individual that it was something that I had to do every week that I had to do on a schedule and that it would be at some point just be finished and I could get rid of it and never think about it again and do another one later. Uh, and in music where as an art form, you can be like, Oh, it's, it's not done yet. There's something that's not here. I'll figure it out. And you legitimately do end up figuring out what was missing from the song three years later or whatever. when you're like, Oh, it should probably be played like this and it would be a hundred times better. Um, you don't do that with podcasting with podcasting. You just like, it's iterative. You just put it out and it's done. And that's what was really attracted to me about it. Yeah. The, the, so the way you just put podcasting is actually like a really, uh, like it hits a lot of home. Cause nobody, I like, I have like two friends who watch pro wrestling and then everybody else is like, yeah, cool, man. You do a podcast. I have no idea what you're talking about. You might as well be talking about, you know, in Japanese or something like that. So that's exactly how I experienced your guys' show. So, you know, everybody else was famous and in the business, like you talked about, Bully Ray. Mine was ENC Pods, Pod of Awesomeness. So I, I started listening to that. And uh, But when I found your guys, it was like normal people with normal opinions that don't have to kiss everybody's fucking ass when they're talking about something and it was exactly like you said like you know like having a conversation with your friends and uh that's what inspired me to actually do this podcast to get my own voice out there completely by you guys because when it was just famous people it was like oh that's a realm that i can't be in because i don't have a million followers on whatever but in this space i can have my own voice my own uh, creativity, even if nobody listens to it, which sometimes nobody does, uh, it, it, it's, it is, it's a magical thing that it's like it, I get to almost converse with you guys every single week, but not really because we're not actually talking, but I get to hear your opinions. I get to say my opinions. And if you guys happen to listen, it's cool. And it's, uh, you know, and that means like everybody just like fans and stuff too. So, um, it, it was pretty awesome, man. I, I've appreciated every single week that you guys have put out uh, because it, I, I get more out of, uh, it's almost like th therapy in a way, 
coming each week and having a conversation, even like I do it by myself to where I have a conversation with nobody, but I feel like I'm talking to everybody at the same time. And it's, um, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. So, uh, I appreciate you guys doing this and it's a complete honor. Um, I also needed to ask you about your Twitch streaming. You also uh, JD streams on Twitch. Are you still doing the entire catch them all thing? Is that saga still ongoing or have you done it? Are you a pokey master? I wish. No, uh, <laughs> it is still ongoing. It, it's mostly happening more off stream right now. Um, like I, so I played through three, ga- three of like the eight, seven games now. Um, and I've fit, like finished and beat the Elite Four and everything. The Pokedex is still far off there. Um, I, I really want to stream more. At, um, and I was planning to actually stream yesterday, and then I sat down at my computer, and I realized, like, oh, yeah, you just changed your computer. You have to remake all of your layouts. And to which I was like, okay, fuck that. I'm not doing that again. That can wait till another day. Um, but really, the, the problem that I have right now with streaming is it's something I really enjoy doing, and it, it gets me out of my comfort zone as an introvert because as with podcasting is the same with streaming. Like you have to talk the whole time. And that's something that's really difficult for me. Um, my job that I have um, with, with with my company really helped to do that because um, for a year and a half, we did pair programming. So that means you're, you have two people and one, you know, one computer. So you have to talk to the person you're working with all day long. And that helped bring me out of that shell a lot. Um, but then as you know, we hit the pandemic and we are, home all the time i spend you know 40 hours a week at my desk because my gaming pc streaming setup podcasting setup is also my where my work computer is because i i'm i'm a tight ass i'm going to use the same really nice monitors that i have i'm just going to hook them up to the other computer and you know flex on people so really when the pandemic hit i was in the perfect place to start working from home because like i had a i had a good microphone i had a good camera and like the first like um, department wide Zoom meeting we had, like everybody was like, "Oh man, you have a lot of really cool equipment. Do you have like a do you Twitch stream or something? Do you podcast?" And I was like, "Yeah, I don't, I don't actually have to buy anything like you guys do. Do you want recommendations? Because I have recommendations." Um, but anyway, so yeah, so with with the, with work and the podcast, you know, I spend forty four hours a week at my desk. So when like Friday Saturday rolls around. And I want to Twitch stream. I just kind of look at my desk, and there's this like aura around it. It's like I don't, I don't want to sit there anymore. I just want to be over on my couch and play a game or something. Um, but yeah, I I do plan to get back into Twitch streaming a little bit. I really, it's right right now. It's that I have to remake my layouts because I, I forgot that I had to do that. But you know, I do have a brand new gaming PC, so streaming is going to be a lot easier now. And I have a nice new microphone because my mic is now cooler than Bryce's. Um, so, so I just love the idea that you look, uh, sort of sadly at your chair and there's still just like a butt print in it. Yeah. Uh, it it does happen. And I mean, like, no, no shit. I've had this chair for five or six years and I got it because at my old job, when I, the one I had, when I got to college, we got to work from home three days out of the week and it was great. So I wanted a nice chair to sit in because otherwise it was just like a metal folding chair that I got at Survivor Series and it made my back hurt. (laughs) The past year of working from home has like degraded this chair because it is old. And it's like to the point like, 
I probably should buy a new one, but I also plan to move at some point in the next 12 to 18 months. And I don't want to carry this heavy bastard down the stairs because I don't have an elevator at my apartment. It's I'm on, and I'm on the third floor. So that means I have to carry the fucking thing. I mean, I could hire movers, but I'm already hiring movers for everything else. And it's just like, I don't, I don't want to carry a chair. It's heavy. And push it up. No. But let me do that to your, your chair. Put the mattress. Take the mattress down. Put the mattress on the ground. Push the <laughs> Okay, you let me borrow your nice secret labs chair, and I will push it out off of a third story balcony. We'll see how that goes. Uh, if you're gonna take it all the way to Georgia, I don't know. <laughs> you're gonna trust movers to move all those Lego sets? No. So I, I actually have a, a, a solid rule. I, I have a, a fuckload of Legos, by the way. Um, I've actually discussed this. There's the Legos. I will not be moved by movers because. I, so what, what you see behind me is just a small selection. Most of them are over in the closet because we, my girlfriend and I planned to move right when the pandemic hit. So I had taken all the time to deconstruct all of my Lego sets, like reversing the, the instruction manuals back into the, the specified groupings of pieces so that when I wanted to redo my collection, it would just be all the instructions, you're good to go. You don't have to just pour the box out and there's 7,000 pieces and it's going to take six days to find the one piece you need. You just, just could um, have craggled them together. It would no, have been... No, we don't do that. We don't talk about that. That's that's evil. <laughs> um, so, yeah. PC and my general desk, like, I will let movers move my actual desk because it's really sturdy and stuff. But, like, my equipment, my monitors, my PC, and my Legos, I will personally move those. Movers can move everything else because fuck it. If they break it, it's not my problem. But with, like, my PC, like I put a lot of work and I specifically purchased every single one of those components by choice. And I, I can't replicate it, especially right now. Cause I can't get that GPU. Um, and then with my Legos, like I have a lot of retired sets. So if they get broken or torn or pieces are lost, it's like an exponential level of value that I have to put into that to replace that. So no, I'll, I'll move those myself. They're like, yeah, they're like collector's cocaine uh, uh, Lego sets. Yeah. If you were wondering if this wrestling podcast could get any fucking nerdier. Uh... <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, well, uh, before we get off here, I do want to ask you guys, uh, so what is the big feuds or storylines that you guys like uh, that are going on now? So that way we can tune back into you guys to to hear what you guys have to say about them. Uh, geez, uh, big feuds and storylines that I like going on right now. They kind of, they kind of wrapped up a bunch of stuff at mm -hmm. Revolution. Um, but I do, I mean, I do like what's going on in the world title picture with, uh, Kenny. Uh, although right now it's funny with this last episode, it's, uh, a lot of the big feuds that I would have considered the big feuds are things that they've like kind of been like, it might be this, but it might be this other thing too now. And you don't, we are, we haven't cleared up which one we want to do yet. So like the Kenny world title thing is like Kenny and Mox is involved and the good brothers are involved and Eddie's involved. And also Christian might kind of be involved to some degree and rich Swan. 
<laughs> right, Rich Swan has this thing that he's doing, right? So uh, it's hard to even say, like, oh, I'm into that feud or whatever, because it's like, I don't even know if that's really happening to the degree that I think it is. Um, I am excited to see Sheeta and Thunder Rosa have another match, assumedly, from her victory uh, over Britt Baker. I am... I don't even know. Are they going to fight SCU? The Bucks? At some point, they have to. It seems, oh, yeah. they. It seems inevitable that that's the end of their storyline, so CD can go off to pasture. I dig the MJF thing uh, with the inner circle. You know, that's, I guess, a few that's definitely happening that I like. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I'm really down for, like, the the singles push the pentagon has right now um i know that it might you know end quickly but i'm really here for it um i didn't mention it because i i don't know it wouldn't it wouldn't entirely surprise me that aew just did it for that one match and now he's he's not doing singles matches <laughs> he's got to do like at least one more because Pac and uh phoenix are going to be a tag team for the title match they have a title match coming up Hopefully. No, that, that's confirmed. They do have that title match. They do, but that doesn't mean they have to use Pentagon during that time. That sure. Um, I, I'm looking forward to whatever they have pl uh, planned with Darby, since he's now attacking the Dark the Dark Order. That's very intriguing to me. Um, I, I think that'll be a fun storyline. I I'm really kind of hoping that that ends up being like a he goes through multiple orders of the dark order until like cult and hangman get pissed off. And it's a, uh, like a, a cult or I'd rather, I'd rather it be hangman versus Darby for the TNT title. Cause I think hangman's really ready for a championship. He's, he's put in his due. He's earned it now. Um, the, the world title picture is very entertaining. I really like what they're doing there. I think the Moxley, Eddie Kingston tag team that's sort of formed is really, really interesting. Cause those guys are, just phenomenal on the mic. Um, there's not really much going on in the women's division to, to say, but I, I hope that they start focusing more on the women's division. Um, and yeah, it does look, it does feel like they're building up the, the blood and guts match sometime in the future with the pinnacle versus the inner circle. And I, I really hope that that's where they're going. And I'm really, really excited to see that. Yeah, that would be absolutely amazing. I, I hate that they had to like, uh, you know, put that aside for a while, and in that the elite are so spread apart to where there's no way we could ever get them one reunion match for this blood and guts because it would need a big build up like this pinnacle versus inner circle type of thing. And I do agree, uh, the women's division definitely needs uh something. I, I feel like even tag titles at this point would give them just more eyes to have more women on an episode of fucking dynamite than just the one match per uh, episode that's normally in that popcorn zone where, you know, not a whole lot's going on and they fill it with commercial breaks, which would kind of happen to Ray Phoenix and Angelico this past week. Um, and uh, I know, uh, what was I going to say? I lost it. Either way, uh, I, I like what you guys have going on uh, in, in feuds and stuff like that. Uh, I, I can't wait to listen to the show. They had a perfect opportunity to do women's tag team titles, and then they fucked it up. Well, we've talked for a while that uh, 
the hope is that the third hour show that they keep talking about is a women's show. Um, only because it would force them to make something happen in the division if, they, if a whole show on TNT rested on it. But I can't imagine it'll be that. It'll probably be more dark matches. Yeah, I, I and uh, you talked about it earlier, but four hours of dark is Jesus. I mean, it, that means there's six hours of content you guys have to cover each and every week, like I had to do this week, which was almost torture after the last uh, match on dark ended. I'm like, and I have to watch Dynamite tonight, which now I'm not as excited about watching it. I mean, I was still excited. Uh, let's get real, but it not as excited for the wrestling part and more like just give me some promos and storylines so I don't have to watch you know he headlock takeovers over and over again I gotta it say I mean in my week just because of what was in my work week and then some stuff happening in, in my personal life like I ended up not watching most of both dark shows and just watch dynamite made my week a lot better <laughs> and, and, and that's not how supplementary content is supposed to work by the way but uh, I, uh, I I think I'm changing the format on the show. <laughs> no, uh, uh, doing some version of the show where I don't have to watch four hours of dark matches. Uh, because I don't think it makes the podcast any better. And this is like kind of like a like a, something you have to do is adjust. There's a part in the early show. This is like backstage content. There's a part in the in the early show where I talk about Patreon and it's written in the show that I have to write new copy for it every week in my notes. And the reason I do that is, uh, first of all, so that I can make mistakes on the show all the time. That's what uh, comes out of it. But more, more notably, it's so that I'm used to changing things about the format um, and that that's already something that's in my mindset every time I write a show out because the show's like 20 pages of notes usually every week. Um, and so I, I try to have that that part very early in the show. So I'm constantly in the mindset of like, how can I change this to make it better? And with the addition of AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation, uh, this was the week where I was like, I don't think this show is better because I talk about Kylan King pinning... Uh, some other lady uh, <laughs> you know, or or list like just literally 40 matches that just happen with no story or whatever and so i'm i this has been a week in particular that you've caught us in of me grappling with like would this show be better if i just didn't watch dark and if something happens watch that and then talk about that um, instead of being like, uh, uh, VSK was pinned by uh, a, a jungle boy, and 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 it's just like, who cares? Who ca clearly they don't. So why should why should I? Uh, and instead, be like, okay, the Kenny Omega uh, uh, Matt Seidel story happened, and sort of run down the story that happened, but maybe not focus so much on. Uh, stupid bullshit that's just there to fill time and yeah. then maybe by the time i get to watching dynamite and taking notes on dynamite i'm i'm not like trying to reword things so it doesn't sound like i am sick of wrestling uh 
which is how I felt getting to Dynamite this week, where I was just like, what? Just more? Just more wrestling? Also, why is this the big show? And the show has five matches on it, and the other two had 18. What is going on? Um, and so I I, uh, I am right now at, a, at sort of a crisis point with the format, and I'm pretty sure this week I'm going to just change it and do something different with Dark and Dark Elevation, which sucks because it's two-thirds of the content. Um, That's fine. <laughs> be like hey should i just ignore two-thirds of the content this makes on this show but that's how it is so i i don't know I, i'm at a point where i'm like i don't i don't i don't know what to do with this thing but people can hit me up about it i guess yeah, yeah i mean it's it's six hours of content for the three shows not including any of like the real supplementary shows like road to being the elite sammy's vlog um the other just random like we don't even talk about the the dynamite post shows right the dynamite post shows the show that they're gonna do with lexi now that they just announced uh we hardly talk about the podcast that they do every week correct i mean we do but not right i mean you're looking at like easily 10 hours of content and we you know we focus on really about seven of it hardcore and even then it's still like this is too much, guys. It's a part-time job to stay up to date with this one company, and it shouldn't be. I don't really understand the wisdom behind that, but maybe saturation is activation? Is that something marketing people say? It sounds like maybe it is. <laughs> you know? And I, I know Cody uh, keeps talking about he doesn't want to oversaturate the market. And... All the time, and it really annoys me. It yeah. really annoys me. Like, you already did it. Yeah, there. I I was basically gonna give it this next week, cover it, and whichever one has better content next week, I'm just not even gonna bother because it's, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, there was, there was way way too many, just matches for no apparent reason. Like we've we asked them for more storylines, more uh, promos during dark to where it makes it feel like an actual show and not just like random bullshit that's thrown in there and they gave us a whole nother uh two hours of content uh that is the same almost the same exact thing there's a little bit of storyline thrown in there and now they want us to care about uh what they have going on in impact and what they have going on you know in nwa and here and here and here and it's like dude for one i can't even watch impact because it's the, the horrible job on everything that they do there <laughs> besides what's actually in the ring um but it makes you not care about anything but dynamite and it's hard to do podcasting on things that you don't care about anymore when you want to care. Uh, so yeah, I agree with, uh, the, uh, oversaturating with dark. It's, it's pretty, pretty rough. Yeah. And I, I and I, um, you know, like more is more and the show is free. So like, okay. Uh, it's fine, you know, but it, it's, uh, and, and, and of course the people who are getting paid off of it, that's wonderful for them. Uh, great that, uh, AEW is making that effort for those people, but it doesn't make the show any more watchable, you know? And we've talked about it before where people come out with that defense. They're like, Hey, uh, you know, uh, everybody, uh, people getting paid. And it's like, yeah, but like, I'm just watching it. I don't care if it was a movie. And I was like, that movie sucked, but like all these names, uh, 
are on the credits so like that's good i'd be like that's good but i don't know if it made me like the movie any more than I, than i did before so i i, I don't know I, like they're gonna figure it out and uh i'm gonna try to complain about it less but i did find that it it watching both of those shows deeply affected my mood last week and uh and i was like man i can't i don't know if i can anymore and i don't know if it's making the show better anymore for me to talk about this stuff because i don't think i think the people who care are the people who put that show on in the background at work and kind of like tune in when something interesting happens mm -hmm. if something interesting happens uh, yeah i mean i'll say elevation has cooler graphics like on twitter and stuff um it really just at this point it boils down to which commentary team do you like better do you like tony shivani and um paul white or do you like excalibur and taz better because you shouldn't have to watch both of these because they're not that much different um i mean we've used we've talked about the defense like yeah tony i applaud tony for giving people work and giving them a job absolutely but also like don't come out and say you don't want to oversaturate the market but you're putting two two separate two-hour shows of pointless wrestling out per every week now and that so it's like yeah at least tell us you want a show on every night of the week yeah and like <laughs> one of the big reasons like why both of us got so jaded with wwe is because it was seven to ten hours of content every week before a pay-per-view and this is when they were having pay-per-views every two weeks that you had to keep up with and most of it sucked. So it was like, why do we pay for this? Why do we keep watching this when we're being punished? It's absurd. Uh, and uh, I've uh, said it a bunch of times, but like if Game of Thrones was like two hours on three nights a week, I don't think anyone would have cared about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, so much. Let's say I, I want to be able to watch the show and then be walk away from the show and be like, I, I know the whole story because I watched the show without being expected to spend eight hours watching the show yeah. six out and another they're bringing another hour out and then bte and then demi's vlog and then uh road two and then if there's a pay-per-view goddamn it's like 12 hours you know so. uh, and double darks right yep yeah. and, and now you guys got to start covering ethan page's vlog too because he's part of the company <laughs> god damn it <laughs> in the world uh but uh but i'm not uh I'm, uh all out anything that has vlog in the title i have a hard stance against now so oh man i drew the line at uh sammy guevara's vlog because i tried to watch that when he took the bte title over and then kept it held hostage and that is the biggest piece of shit that i've ever watched in my life <laughs> wow oh, man well I, I, I didn't feel that way about that show <laughs> Funko Pop unboxing on that show. That's all. <laughs> well, with uh, with everything that we've talked about, I I really uh, uh, it's been an honor, guys. I really appreciate you guys coming on and and telling your story and telling uh, a little bit behind the scenes stuff uh, from seeing the elite. You don't gotta think about it that way, man. We're friends, you know. Anytime you want to make it happen, I'm sorry that it took so long for us to be like. Maybe we could find a weekend where we're not doing extra stuff uh, because uh, just the Patreon grind is uh, a lot. It's a lot. So. Yeah, but you guys yeah. have great content on there. It, it's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know if it's amazing. It's just just finding stuff to do and then doing it. So. 
uh but uh we do you know it's cool it's cool patreon.com slash seeing elite uh we do a bunch of stuff over there well i was gonna do the whole entire rundown like you normally do but now it's just uh seeing the elite.com is where you can find all the links that are all treed together um do you guys have anything else you guys want to plug before we get off here not quite yet not quite yet we have some really cool plans for our next uh merch item and it's gonna be baller it'll be so cool but i can't talk about it yet and it's killing me it's every time i do a show i'm like i want to talk about it but i can't talk about it soon soon people will know it's cool Awesome. Well, I appreciate your guys uh, spending uh, a little bit of time with me to talk. Um, and uh, I, I normally have a segment during the podcast, um, but it, it's called homework. I'm not going to play the, the music or anything like that. So um, I'm just going to uh, ask you guys to give a match uh, that would best describe uh, not you as a person, not all stupid like that. Just like a, a match that you guys really hold uh, near and dear and um, most of them you could probably find on YouTube. But yeah, so uh, this is your homework of the week. So uh, you guys, doesn't matter who goes. I'm going to have JD go first. So I, I have two. They're both from Lucha Underground. Um, the first one is um, it's Marty the Moth versus Pentagon in a match that was absolutely ridiculous. And what you're seeing on Lucha Underground is heavily heavily edited to what they could show on tv because it was so ridiculous um but it's just absolutely much amazing match marty the moth lost like two pints of blood in the middle of this match it's insane and the second one is it happened at the same time it's called the hell of war match between um a guy nick is a ring name and lucha underground was kill shot he's um isaiah scott in wwe now and then um, AR Fox slash Dante Fox was his who he was wrestling against. It's the most ridiculous state three stages of hell match. Um, and the reason why it's, it holds a special place in my heart is because um, I almost scarred my girlfriend for life with this match because she was like in the room watching it and she had never seen like a real hardcore match before ever. And it was so insanely brutal that she was appalled at the amount of violence that she was seeing on her on the screen um just going through plate glass with windows uh barbed wire it was absolutely bonkers and to this day if i say the words hell of war in front of her she gets visibly upset and angry with me because she of her own volition was in the room watching this i didn't force her to watch it it was she's just yeah the, all she'll ever say to me now is just like that was the worst display of toxic masculinity masculinity I've ever seen and it's just funny to me super, super. Uh, I would say uh, Mil Muertes versus Phoenix uh, in uh, Grave Consequences which you can find on YouTube really easily from Lucha Underground would be the Lucha Underground match that I would put above uh, any of them as just a wonderfully perfect match um additionally i think the one that he did with prince puma uh now uh and before known as ricochet uh it, grave consequences three is also really good with mil muertes 
Um, he's if if anyone's like, hey, who's the guy you'd like uh, to see make an appearance in AEW? Mil Morthes is the guy. Uh, I think he'd be absolutely wonderful. I have one other one. It's um, Kevin Steen and El Generico in Ladder Wars. That one's super cool. Well, awesome, guys. I uh, Thank you. I, I know that was kind of way out of the blue, but I had to at least throw it in there somewhere. And I w- normally just hit a button and it plays all the music and stuff like that. But I was like, I won't hurt your ears with my stupid little segment intros. Uh, but once again, I appreciate you guys taking the time out. Uh, every Friday morning, uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to Seeing the Elite on pretty much every single podcast platform out there uh and youtube and all that kind of stuff make sure you hit the likes and subscribes and uh, but you can find all the links at seeing man i'm gonna miss the the whole big spiel it's it's gonna be weird i haven't i haven't touched the i have to like tear everything out now of the of the top and and replace it with uh this one uh site and i haven't figured out how i'm gonna do it yet i've been avoiding fixing it I can honestly say if you've never turned tuned into our show, you should this week just for the pure amount of trolling that I'm going to do to Bryce because he's going to screw it up so bad and I'm just going to lay into him. It's going to be so funny. <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Jeff. Uh, I really appreciate uh, uh, you having us on and, and uh, getting the time to talk to you. we got to have you back on the show for the next pay-per-view. We wanted to have... Um, uh, Andrew on this last time, and so we're gonna have you back. Uh, on a, what, Double or nothing? Is that what it is? Yep. Yeah. Yep. On another Sunday fucking pay per view, for oh my God. for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh man, Monday night podcast recording. It's gonna be great. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. Uh, I will see you on the next one is how I normally uh, end it. But I will uh, hear you guys uh, this Friday. So thanks again. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. So you can call me Legion, but we are many. You are one, we have plenty. You have some, you're taking this so serious, but I'm only doing this for fun. You're walking backwards while I run, met without, cause you're out done. Open my mouth as I erupt, regretting what you just begun. You're never stopping me, you're never stopping this. You never saw me coming, but you must acknowledge this. So I'll just bring the heat and leave them powerless to try to step to me. So maybe you should crawl a bit.